Welcome to Burnside at Home. Thank you for joining with us today on our online service as we gather in all our different places to worship Almighty God and to praise Him. During this period of Lent, we're on a journey through the wilderness towards Easter, and today we come to the sacrificial journey with Jesus, a journey where Jesus has sacrificed so much for us, where indeed Jesus is the sacrifice that has been offered for our sin. And then also today, we're going to see that we have been called to offer sacrifice as well to God as we worship Him as we praise Him, as we live our lives for Him. We're going to look together at Hebrews chapter 13 and see what that chapter means. In Hebrews 13 and verse 16 we read, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. But we're also going to look at the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has made for us, that He gave Himself for our sins. And so in John 3 and 16, we read, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then again in Romans 5 and verse 8, we're told, But God showed His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So today, as we think about the sacrifice, we come to worship and we come to praise Almighty God together. Obviously, today we're worshiping online, and that will continue until at least uh, Friday, the 1st or 2nd of April. That means at the moment we're hoping that the rules will change so that we are able to meet together on Easter Sunday. It won't be like a normal Easter Sunday. We will have to restrict numbers coming into the church, but we do pray that we will be able to open up. So do keep abreast of what's happening and listen for any announcements to see what happens at Easter. Today, as we worship, this is also Mothering Sunday. It's a time whenever we give thanks for our mothers, whenever we praise God for all those who have mothered us in our lives. And we praise God for that because He has been gracious to us, and He has given us these wonderful gifts of family and of parents. So, as we worship together today, we also give thanks and we glorify God. So let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence today, we thank you and we praise you for all your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the many gifts that you have poured into our lives, and we thank you for the blessings that you have shown to us. And Lord, on this Mothering Sunday, we want to give you thanks for our mothers And we want to give you thanks for all those who have mothered us in our lives. Lord, we cannot possibly repay the debt that we owe, but we give you thanks and we honor you today. We pray especially at this time, Lord, for families that are not able to uh, be together uh, because of illness or because of nursing homes and because of the pandemic at the moment. We pray that there would be a blessing, Lord, and that you would watch over all such today. 
Today, Lord, we thank you that you are the one who has offered the sacrifice for us. You have offered yourself so that we might have forgiveness for our sins. And therefore, Lord, we come to you today asking that you would take away our sin, that you would wipe us clean and clothe us with your righteousness so that we might know you today. We thank you that, Jesus, you made the way for us to come and worship our Father. And today, as we see your sacrifice, lead us in the way of the wilderness, the way of the cross, the way that leads to eternal life. Amen. Today, on our journey through the wilderness, we're thinking about a sacrificial journey with Jesus and sacrifice is not a popular idea nowadays. We don't like the idea of having to sacrifice anything. We want everything immediately. And we want things because we think we deserve them. But to actually sacrifice, to give up something, isn't very common in today's world. Our lives are hard enough, they're busy enough, without the extra struggle of choosing to go without something that we feel we need. Perhaps you have made a sacrifice over this period of Lent. Maybe you've taken that decision this year to not enjoy something that you would normally enjoy or that would normally be part of your life. You've set it aside as a, as a little sacrifice during this period leading up to Easter. It could be something simple like chocolate or social media or perhaps something else. I wonder, has it been difficult to sacrifice that thing, to set it aside, to give it up for that period? We've all sacrificed our freedom and our normal activities over this past year for the, for the good of others, to protect one another, to protect the NHS. We've set aside all of our privileges and freedoms. And for many, that has been very difficult. And it's perhaps been getting more and more difficult over these last few months as we've come to this year point of the restrictions. And we wonder, when will it ever end? But the question I suppose we need to ask this morning is, does God demand that we give things up? Does God demand that we make sacrifices in this way? Does He demand that we choose difficult or indeed sacrificial paths in order to please Him? In order to understand what sacrifice means, we have turned to Isaiah chapter 53 today. And there we've got the prophet's well-known description of the suffering servant the servant of God who sacrifices so much for the people of Israel. And Isaiah foretold hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, this Messiah who would suffer, this Messiah who would give up so much, this Messiah who would sacrifice. And in the Bible, whenever it comes to sacrifice, primarily we look to Jesus and we look to what Jesus has offered for us. 
This Messiah in Isaiah 53 wasn't strong and powerful. He's not the type of Messiah that Israel was waiting for or that Israel expected. And as I said earlier, sometimes the passage was thought to represent the whole nation of Israel and how the nation suffered. It was hard to believe that the one sent to rescue the nation would be the one who would suffer. But then as we move into the New Testament, we see that the writers there understood the suffering servant as being Jesus Christ. So, what can we learn about Jesus? And indeed, what can we learn about our journey through the wilderness with Him, this sacrificial journey today? Well, first of all, we realize that Jesus is the man of sorrows. We already saw last week how Jesus meets us in our different states of distress, that whenever we are sorrowful, whenever we're mourning, Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us on that sorrowful journey. Yet we read in this chapter that Jesus does more than just provide a shoulder for us to cry on. He does more than just come alongside us in our sorrowful state. The journey of Jesus himself is one of sorrow. And as he traveled through the wilderness of this world, it's a journey that ultimately took him to the very epicenter of the wilderness. It's a journey that takes him to the cross. And Isaiah prophesied about Jesus that he was in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 53, he was like a root in dry ground. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. So it's not just that Jesus can empathize with us and come alongside us and help us in our sorrow. Jesus is the man of sorrows. And he understands sorrow because he experienced it himself. We know that this man of sorrows wept at Lazarus' tomb. We saw that last week as well from Luke 19 and verse 41 as he we see also that he wept over Jerusalem. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he wept over the city because he cared about the people in that city and the fact that they had rejected God and the fact that they had turned away from God brought him to tears. And we also see today in that passage from Matthew 14 that Glenda read for us that Jesus wept and mourned the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. When Jesus hears the news about his cousin having been beheaded by Herod, he takes himself away to a desert place. Verse 13, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus hears the news of John the Baptist's cousin, he decides to go to the desert to mourn. He decides to 
step aside from all that was going on in the world around him and go and spend some time with his heavenly Father. Our God knows intimately the human experience of grief and pain. He knows what we go through when we experience that same pain and mourning. And therefore, he's able to help us, and therefore, he is with us. He understands the loss that we go through. He is a man of sorrows. But not only in Isaiah 53 is Jesus the man of sorrows, but we also discover there that he is the sacrificial lamb. Isaiah tells us about a Messiah who would not only know sorrow himself and know of our sorrow, but that he would carry the full weight of suffering and sin and shame upon himself. Look at verse 4 of Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. There is so much that's tied up in that one verse. We could take all of our time today, indeed we could take all of our time for the next number of weeks and just look at this one verse that Jesus took our pain and suffering. He bore it upon himself. He went to the cross and because he was beaten and because nails were hammered into him, because his blood was shed, because of his wounds and his death, we are healed. Our sin is dealt with. And Isaiah's words here contain many echoes of the Day of Atonement from Leviticus chapter 16. And you might want to read from Leviticus 16 all about the Day of Atonement. This passage from Israel's 40 years in the wilderness tells of how God deals with their sin. One day every year, the Day of Atonement, through the death of a sacrificial lamb and also the sacrifice of a scapegoat. The priest would place his hands on the head of the goat. And in doing that, it was symbolic to transfer the guilt of the people onto the goats, onto the animal. It was then sent away to symbolically carry the weight of all Israel's sin out into the wilderness. Verse 22 of Leviticus 16, the goat will carry on itself all their sins to a solitary place. This goat, the scapegoat, was to be cut off from the land of the living, suffering for those sins of the people so that the people didn't have to suffer for their own sins. And then in echoing that story, Isaiah tells us in verses 7 and 8, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? 
for he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. It's the same process taking place as took place in the Day of Atonement. And Isaiah is telling us that the Messiah will go through the same process to save the people from their sins. Whatever wilderness we struggle with, Jesus has borne the pain of it on His shoulders on the cross. Jesus has become our scapegoat. He's taken the weight of our sin and carried it into the wilderness. He has suffered so that we don't have to suffer. He went out into the wilderness of judgment all alone, so that ultimately, because of His wounds, we are healed. We're restored. We're made whole. Jesus is a sacrificial lamb. So Jesus is the sacrifice. Jesus has made the sacrifice for us. But what about the sacrifices that we are called to make? We've just looked at the ultimate sacrifice where the Son of God offers Himself. What about us? Where do we fit into this? Can we even begin to think about offering a sacrifice? Well, the book of Hebrews that we looked at before Christmas is a good place to go to in the New Testament to help us understand how Jesus uh, continues and I suppose also concludes this story of um, atonement from the Old Testament. In chapter 10, the writer describes how Jesus completely fulfills the day of atonement. And how all of that was pointing towards Jesus, the one final sacrifice for all sin. And that in Hebrews 10 verse 14, by one sacrifice, He was made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. You see, you and I can't make ourselves right with God. Only Jesus can do that. We can't justify ourselves. Only Jesus can do that. And therefore, any sacrifices that we bring are not given in order to deal with our sin. That's what Jesus did in offering Himself. His sacrifice was to deal with sin. Anything that we offer to God as a sacrifice is not for that purpose. So we're not trying to gain God's favor. We're not trying to get Him to look kindly upon us and to brush our sin aside. That's not how it works. Our sin has been dealt with by the sacrifice of Jesus. That is gone. That is done. We have been clothed in His righteousness. But now, having accepted that and having our sins forgiven, what do we do about sacrificing to God? The writer to the Hebrews says that there are sacrifices that we are called to make. We're called to make sacrifices of praise and sacrifices of doing good to others and sharing with others. You can see that in verses 12 to 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. 
the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. The sacrifice we bring is the sacrifice of a response to God. Seeing how Jesus has dealt with our sorrow and shame, we're inspired and empowered to bring our praise and our service to Him. We can worship God with our lips and songs and in prayers and in reading God's Word, and we can worship God with generosity, with compassion that we show towards others. So, in response to the sacrifice of Jesus, not instead of, not in place of, not in addition to, but in response to what Jesus has done, we offer our sacrifice. And therefore, we're going to end our service today by singing for the beauty of the earth. And whenever we sing this hymn, there's a wonderful line in it where we sing about this, our sacrifice of praise. Now, I've searched online to try and find a version that we could use today with those words in it, but I can't find it. Sacrifice just doesn't seem to be a popular word to be used here. And so, therefore, we've got our joyful hymn of praise. Some versions have our grateful hymn of praise, but I just can't find our sacrifice of praise. But that's what's being called upon for us. Lord of all, to Thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise. We offer our worship to God as a sacrifice, but then we offer our lives as sacrifices to God. Everything we do offered to Him in service, not just what we do on a Sunday, not just what we do while we sing, but what we do tomorrow and the rest of the week as well. So let's praise Him with this hymn. Our second Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21, and it's going to be read to us today by Glenda Porter. The reading today is from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. 
The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Amen. We're going to read together from Isaiah chapter 53, uh, verses 1 to 12. And this is a passage where the prophet Isaiah is looking forward to the coming Messiah and telling us what the Messiah is going to be like. He's telling us that the Messiah is going to be offered as a sacrifice, that the Messiah is going to die and suffer for our sins. And this wasn't an idea that was popular. Indeed, this passage really seems to be uh, overlooked as a pointing towards the Messiah. Uh, I think possibly in Old Testament times they looked at it as uh, talking about the nation of Israel itself and how the nation would suffer. But whenever we get into the New Testament, we realize that Isaiah 53 is all about Jesus Christ and what Jesus would do. So I'm going to read the passage, first of all, from the NIV. If you've got your Bible, do open it and uh, follow along. Then keep your Bible open because I'm going to go back through it again and read a paraphrase of the passage just to try and bring these familiar words and make us think about them in a fresh way. And as I read the paraphrase, you'll be able to follow along and see where it links in with this passage that we're reading now. So let's hear God's Word together. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord made his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. 
after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. Now just keep your Bible open, follow back through that passage again, and I'm going to read a a paraphrase of that passage. know how much many of you have appreciated Eileen's ministry on our online services and the pieces that she puts together to play. And today, as we continue this idea of sacrifice, she's going to play two pieces together. The King of Love, my shepherd is, and my Jesus, I love thee.
Let's come before God in prayer once again today. We're going to bring our prayers for others, and we're going to give thanks for the offering as well. I was speaking to one member of the congregation this week. I was asking how they were getting on, uh, listening to the services week by week, and uh, they said to me, oh, it's great. I I watch the service online, and then I I I stop the service halfway through. And I said, why do you stop the the service halfway through? Thinking maybe they go off and get a cup of tea to come back uh, before the sermon. And the reply was very simple. No, stop the service halfway through. Get up, lift the offering, and then sit back down for the second half of the service. So this is the point of the service where we would normally have the offering. This is the point where uh, we would normally give to God's work. And once again, I do want to thank you uh, for your generosity and for your giving to God's work in these difficult times. We recognize that for many, uh, financial struggles are at the moment. And therefore, if you are able to give, we really do appreciate that. And we want to give thanks to God for that. So let's come to God in prayer, giving thanks and also bringing the needs of others today. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to give you thanks today for this offering. We thank you for all those who have given in so many different ways, and we praise you and we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for the generosity of your people, and we thank you that we are able to come to you and give to you. And we pray, Lord, that all that is given would be used for your glory and for your honor. Today, Lord, we want to remember all those who are in need. And we pray, Lord, for all churches that are worshiping today under these difficult circumstances. We pray for groups of believers right across the land and right across the world who are meeting under these difficult circumstances. We think, Lord, of our brothers and sisters in persecuted countries who are not able to meet together under normal circumstances for fear of their lives. And we pray that you would protect them and encourage them and help them each day. We pray, Lord, for ourselves under the constraints of the pandemic restrictions. And we pray, Lord, for churches here as they continue to have fellowship. And we pray, Lord, about the reopening of churches again. And we see that there is a possibility of this happening uh, for Easter. And therefore, Lord, we look forward to that time. But Lord, more than that, we look forward to the time whenever we can meet together without any restrictions. We look forward to the time whenever we can have our organizations back together again, our young people meeting together in Girls' Brigade, our bowlers meeting for fellowship in the hall, our Bible studies and our church services, our visitors over the summer period. Lord, we look forward to all these things, but we thank you that you are faithful and that you are with us even in these difficult times. And therefore, Lord, we praise you. Lord, our hearts have been warmed this week as we have heard about the possibility of a national day of prayer where our politicians call upon uh, your people to pray. And Lord, we ask that this would happen, that there would be a sincerity 
within the leaders of our nation, seeking you and asking your people to intercede on their behalf. We realize, Lord, that it is almost a year of lockdown. And we recognize that although vaccines are good and medicine is helping, that our only true way out of this is by your hand leading us. Lord, we do thank you for healthcare professionals once again, and we ask that you would protect them. We thank you for vaccines and the delivery of them, and we pray for the second doses that they would not be delayed, but that they would be rolled out soon. And we pray for all those who are working day by day in our shops to bring us everything that we need. We pray for education and for school teachers and staff that are back again now and pupils that are going back in this phased manner. We pray, Lord, that all would be done safely and that you would be glorified through all that happens. We pray today also, Lord, for those who are ill, we know that for many, this has been a real struggle over this past year, not being able to get out, not being able to meet with people. We pray for those who are ill and receiving treatment, and we ask, Lord, that you would be with them and help them in all that they do. So, Lord, we ask all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we pray together at the end of our service. And now we know the blessing of God Almighty as we go into a world of need. May we trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and tell the world of a Savior, wounded, scarred, and broken, who brings hope and wholeness to all who believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.